they're taking what you're saying to them and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop because we're gonna get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's gonna test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth or Report, with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Kick his ass, Steve ass. Wake up! What's Wake up, America! Wake the fuck up, we'll get fucked the fuck up. Yeah, man, how you doing? Excellent, excellent. Uh, just staying real busy between, you know, the day job and trying to keep up with all the news and be informed oh, yeah. for, for this. Uh, it's been a lot going on, man. This uh, year is not slowing down at all towards the end. Uh, not at all. It seems like it's speeding up. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, warp speed almost, as you could say. <laughs> yeah, as you see, I, I started off with our, uh, what I sent you. I started it with that uh, Whitmer is getting, uh, you know, the... GOP of Michigan is trying to impeach Whitmer. I don't know how much of it's theater of, of it really happening, but they're trying to make uh, steps, and, you know, that's probably a long process. Yeah, I did see some of that, and um, I feel like it's kind of justified because she's, you know, had the court go against her at the, the state level there um, in regards to these COVID regulations, and they said it's unconstitutional. You can't make any more laws or regulations like this and lo and behold she says no i'm in charge and i'm gonna you know crack the whip and so now this is where the impeachment is coming in and i think it's justified i think, I think so too. a lot of governors need to be impeached at this point though <laughs> i i gotta agree because um the people i mean the reason why the 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 Superior Court of Michigan took even took this was because enough people pushed put pressure because people want that. So that mean that's another way that people speak, you know, besides just voting. Yep. It's a good way of uh kind of staying involved, especially with like everything that's been going on this year, you know. You need to be keeping tabs on your local politicians and state politicians much more than the federal ones at this point because they are the ones that have the power in this uh medical mandate. Uh, well, yeah, and they're going to immediately affect you. Yes. Your immediate vicinity, they have all the power right now over you. Um, it's crazy, too, because there's a Recall Gavin Newsom petition that got an extension. And we've we've gotten over halfway now. And it's looking pretty promising. And I think there needs to be a push now to get more people on it. And I think going off of, like, the sentiments of these lockdown measures, especially during the holidays, you know, people should be on board in California to sign that recall petition, I think. I think so, too, because, like, they're definitely telling us not to meet with our family. Like, I told somebody on Twitter, like, they were like, you know, these selfish people. And I said, okay, how about this? How about if I don't do Thanksgiving or Christmas, you guarantee that uh, I'll have uh, a Christmas and Thanksgiving with my elderly, you know, grandparents, parents, etc. Can you guarantee right. that? You can't. So then no. I'm going to do what I got to do. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. And especially when, like, the government's trying to regulate, like, within your own house what's going on. Yeah. Like, that's beyond the, the pale of, you know, what our government's supposed to be doing. That's a big brother state. Oh, for sure. Like, well, they have no uh, reason to be in our homes whatsoever. Like, that's Absolutely. the point of it. Like, they have no reason to be in our homes and telling us what to do. Like, I understand that if you have a business and you feel like you're worried about a lawsuit and you need your employees to wear masks, I understand that. Like, there's certain things that I can understand you using by the law, but these, uh, like, especially with uh, Newsom's, uh, you know, curfew. Like, I, yes. I know you saw, like, all those people in uh, Huntington. Huntington Beach went out and made a statement 
And same thing in New York, they're making statements too. It's it's coming here. What we saw in Australia, in Victoria, New Zealand, in Germany now, you know what I mean? In the UK is coming here. And, and it's We've been saying this for weeks now. Yep. And, and you're, But the cool thing is you are actually seeing a lot more people that are like, we're not going to take this shit. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the internet. You know, the it's the information age, and it's gotten away from the elite. It's, we're kind of able to use it better than they predicted, I think. And we're sharing all this information around the world, you know, all these really ridiculous lockdown measures and laws and regulations they're putting in, pay, in place across the world. We're seeing it in real time, and people are, you know, being made aware of it and the possibility it could come up to uh, your very front door. Oh, for sure. And uh, I don't want to go hop too much into Corona yet, but we got. I was. I thought this that article. If you want to get into that one article that you sent me uh, about. Um, the U.S. needs to do more to end uh, forced organ harvesting in China. I thought that was really good when they found. Yeah, it's not talked about enough. Um, it's from the Epoch Times by uh, Emil Akan. Uh, the Chinese regime has been killing Falun Gong practitioners for their organs for more than 20 years, and the United States needs to step its, up its efforts to end the despicable practice, according to the panel of experts. Speaking at a virtual panel hosted by an advocacy group, uh, Doctors Against Forced Organ Harvesting, on November 19th, a representative of Ohio, Steve Chabot, uh, condemned the regime's forced organ harvesting from prisoners of conscience, calling it a heinous and barbaric practice. The last time the House of Representatives passed a resolution condemning the persecution of Falun Gong was about a four years ago, he said, referring to House Resolution 343. We have a lot of turnover in terms of members of Congress and staff since then, so for many, this could be an entirely new issue to them. And that that's also true just for the public awareness as well um it goes on to kind of describe what falun gong is for those who don't know uh is a spiritual practice that incorporates you know four gentle standing exercises meditation moral teachings based on principles of truth truthfulness compassion and tolerance the practice has been severely persecuted by the chinese uh, communist regime for the past two decades hundreds of thousands of adherents have been thrown into prison labor camps and brainwashing centers where they have been tortured in an effort to force them to renounce their faith. And the reason why they're targeted so severely for this uh, organ harvesting stuff is because they live very clean lifestyles. And so they're able to sell them very regularly because uh, there's a high you know, demand for it yeah, around the for world. Sure. You're, you don't, they and don't they have smoke, huge... drink, or like anything. So their body is, obviously their organs are going to be, you're going to want their liver, you're going to want their kidneys and stuff like that because they're going to be more There's like hundreds of thousands of dollars per organ. Wow. Some In some cases, it just depends. Um, let's see, just another little important note from that article saying, um, you know, it really needs to be brought to the attention of the UN Human Rights Council. But the messed up thing is, is that China's on the Human Rights Council in the UN, and they have so much leverage and power and control there in the UN. So it's probably nothing they can be, that can be done through that body. But we as individuals, you know, we can definitely choose to uh, not be involved and participate in this and kind of boycotting Chinese products, I think, is one good way. Yeah, I think that's probably our personal way that we could fight back besides uh, telling people about it and making it as public as possible because that's what China doesn't want is like they're very good at keeping on t uh, a wrap on things and keeping – it low so people aren't talking about that's why like the whole Uyghur situation uh they had it under wraps for quite a while it took a 
quite a, a bit of intel, like, you know what I mean? Uh, the people in the intelligence world that found the maps and found all the, like, like the difference of how they changed it and how they try yeah. to masquerade it, make it look, once it was spotted, they try to make it look more like, oh, we're helping them, you know? And it's funny because that you said the UN, because the UN condemned, uh, they said that uh, they were going to be looking at U.S., uh, yes, for for human rights violations, and China uh, was going to be looking into it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that uh, just doesn't seem right. Um, and when with you mentioning the Uyghurs, that they're also a big part of this organ uh, harvesting, you know, trade because they market that to uh, Muslim, you know, customers because it's halal because yes. those because Uyghurs are Muslim and they don't eat pork and drink alcohol and stuff so it's, it's considered a clean deal for them even though this is like the dirtiest kind of business i've could even oh, dream of sure and, and then not even just that but they also uh have them in those uh you know most people like samsung apple nike they all uh benefit from the uyghur slave labor trade you know what i mean whether they're Correct. getting paid or not they're getting paid if they're getting paid it's like 50 cents a day shit like that you know dollar a day and, and yeah. I think that like a lot of capitalists have benefited off that, and then they try to do this whole social justice warriors bit, and they don't, and they try to hide the fact of the, the shit they've actually been uh, promoting and helping grow and make it worse. Correct. And then I saw that you put up the uh, it said the in sworn statement uh, prompted mathema- uh, mathematician flags up to one hundred thousand Pennsylvania ballots. This was interesting because just recently, too, in the last hour or so, uh, Trump's administration dropped something. I don't know if you saw that. And yeah, it's that, been a lot developing with that over the weekend. Yeah, and they said Sidney Paul. Yeah, and exactly. We got all our articles together on Friday, and then by Saturday, everything changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was almost like thinking we should probably change out one or two of them, like this one maybe. But it does have some interesting points in it where yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of partisanship going through this where it's like, oh, it's 100% fraud isn't real despite, you know, four years of Russiagate or whatever. And then there's a side where it's completely rampant and it's a, a huge uh, organized conspiracy and movement. Like our, where, our, yeah, like our elections where I are think over. It, I think it could be, but it, you have to prove that in the courts. And that's going to be a very tough challenge for the, the Trump legal team. But it's still possible. But now they're the campaign had shitted on uh, Sidney Powell. Really? Was that well, they how didn't shit on her? But they put a statement out just saying, making it clear that that she does not represent Mr. Trump, President Trump. Mm. Interesting. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. I was like, man, like, I, it's I, getting real crazy with all this, man. I just can't make uh, heads or tails of it at this point. We just have to wait and see. The December 14th is the day the Electoral College is supposed to certify. So if we don't have a clear result by then, then uh, we'd be real worried about where we're headed. Yeah. Well, I think that means that we got to get into what else. Uh... And then I was I had that one article a little bit. I'll briefly go through that. The test. Uh, they got testimony and transparency. Pentagon reveals data on confirmed civilian casualties of intervention against uh ISIS in Syria and Iraq. So they yeah. just had testimonies. I was, you know, what we already knew, what WikiLeaks showed, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's been exposed out there. And that's what happens when you keep people at a war that's not really a war. You know what I mean? It's different when you're like, I got to, when you make a declaration of war and you go in there 
because you've been attacked. You know what I mean? Then you and and you're like, this is gonna end at some point. But when we went to Iraq and Afghanistan, it was and even Syria and all these Libya, everything. There's no timetable. Yeah, They're I mean, they, even they were saying in the Bush administration, these will be like endless wars. Yes. That's why the terrorists, remember, they were like, well, we can't, you know, the terrorists forever. It was like the war on drugs, but like on a huge, uh, a wider scale where they were like, because then you were like, they say terrorists and you're like, well, there's terrorists. You can't stop terrorists because it can, it can happen anyway. Like tomorrow can get five more terrorists that like watch this video or, or influenced by this guy. They, they push that down everybody's throat, that narrative. And I think that, um, that's why we're still in these, they're, they're talking about 2031 to when they should bring back all the troops for Afghanistan. I'm like 30 years. Oh, man. Yeah, see, that's just like they're moving the goalposts so much on it. Like by by the time we're 10 years down the line, 11 years down the line, we could be in a whole nother three more wars, you know? Exactly. Especially with Iran on the table right now. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Israel was uh, shooting out ballistic missiles at Iran. So that's already a conflict that's waiting to happen. It's been like on the table for, for decades. Yeah, uh, they've been wanting to go into Iran big time. And I feel like Trump did well to kind of um, avoid going into like a full conflict. You know, there was like little tit for tat actions and the assassination of Soleimani. Yeah. And then there was like the oil tanker, or whatever that was hit by. They say it was a Iranian drone, but it could have been a false flag for all we know. But there's been a lot of, I think, outside pressures and like the deep state military industrial complex that are trying to trigger these wars. And Almost get Trump into it. And I think Trump did a good job of kind of avoiding it. I'll agree with you 100% on that. And I think, like, uh, uh, that they want, like, they, they're going to box you into a corner of whatever president you are, regardless yeah. if you're good or bad, whatever we want to consider it. Even if we can't even just say it's Joe Biden's bad or not. Whether he was good or bad, it doesn't matter. They're going to box him in, and, and he's going to have to make that decision at some point. Like, are we going to go boots on the ground or not and they're gonna push for it yeah i mean they've been talking about yeah they've been talking about troop increases in iraq and afghanistan well they're already uh this whole last week they were all on the cnn's and msnbc's screaming like we can't get out of syria we can't get out of afghanistan they're uh, unstable but the thing is it's like it's not like we're stabilizing it we're creating more of this havoc we should never have been there so that's the point and the, the shitty part is, like, is the people that are making these decisions are ruining not only, like, civilians' lives over there, but they're ruining American uh, military's lives because you, you get into a different world when you're forced into these situations, and you, you have to do what you're supposed to do, and you become these, like, it's not like someone goes in there and, and has these evil intentions, you know what I mean? But once uh, uh, killing somebody is nothing to you, you know what I mean? And then you don't know who's trying to kill you. It just, it's, it's just all around negativity because you need to be in war when it when we're being attacked right afghanistan i kind of get it because you know we but where we should have been is saudi arabia you know what i mean yeah there there were no uh afghans that were involved in 9-11 yeah they just trying to put it on bin laden and then that's where like then we go to Afghanistan. Then they try to slip the whole Iraq war. And they, they're like, yeah, well, you know, the weapons of mass destruction. That's why I tell people, they tell me about COVID that I don't know this. I'm like, look, man, I don't know. I'm not, I never have said that COVID is a hoax. I know that COVID is a real, vi- well, potentially a real virus from what I've, what I know. I'm not an expert of whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like I just read stuff, but. Same. 
But it's the same to me as far as the same propaganda they use as weapons of mass destruction. You can see it. The whole, like, where they gauge it out there and they're trying to, like, pussyfoot it with these articles and different things. That's kind of why uh, I think our whole uh, articles this week was heavy on COVID because it's so rampant of how fast they're trying to move it with this whole, like, uh, um, vaccine, you know, that that's the article I got pulled up right here. The Pfizer seeks emergency authorization from FDA for COVID-19 vaccine. 50 million doses possible by next month for frontline workers. Yeah, and um, that that's an interesting article for sure. I recommend people go read that, um, especially with the towards the end where it's talking about you know the rollout plan, and you know they have like a four phase or five phase plan, tentatively they're saying, but you know the first phase is going to be five the five percent of uh, the population, and that'll include frontline healthcare workers, ambulance drivers, cleaners, and first responders. And it's interesting that that is where they start because that is uh, the same people that would be used to uh, enforce a mandatory vaccination on the rest of the population. It's medical yes. personnel and law enforcement. Well, um, I, I forgot her name at the moment, but she's a, a truther as well. And she has a pretty big account, like 100K, somewhat, uh, somewhat big, you know. Mm-hmm. I was following her stories and like she posted one story that she got in her inbox of somebody that was like talking about like what's going on in the hospitals, how they're not they're oh, over. I think I saw that too. And then after that, did you see the flood after that people flooded her inbox with uh nurses? This one nurse was talking about how they're being coached to uh tell their family and tell uh everybody about like, you know, wearing a mask and the importance of mask and wearing a mask everywhere and like kind of get into people's head that they need to do this stuff, especially because uh, uh, a lot of them said because of the lost revenue from the shutdowns. Yeah, they're definitely trying to push people into um, a lot more, uh, maybe not necessarily required procedures, you know, for medical stuff, just so that they can kind of make up for lost profits when the first lockdown came through and everyone's kind of scared away from the hospitals and stuff. Yep. Because they couldn't do their, um, uh, what's it called, non-essential procedures or whatever the, the um, I forgot what the actual wording was, but those were yeah. 80% of their profit. Like, that's what they did is, like, that's where they make their money, and they took that away. Nobody thought about that, and then go, oh, fuck, now we're screwed. And if you notice now, a lot of the panic is they're talking about that people are understaffed. So that tells me, like, well, they're understaffed because they probably laid off a lot of people during the summer. You know what I mean? So that's why they're understaffed. They did. So it, it's very interesting how they set it up for this. That's why I tell people, I'll go, I don't think it's a worldwide <laughs> conspiracy as far as, like, every doctor thinks this. No, but there's these these things that are coming down from the top chain. That, like, for instance, the PCR process. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. That, that cycle threshold count is is brought down you know the who said 45 you know whatever the standards they're put they're just doing what they're told like they're not trying to like do anything those are lab technicians that are just trying to run their samples and just go through as much as they can so yep. i think that like these are like questions that need to be answered and the people at the top are just letting it go because politicizing this gets them to the situation they want is is they it's this technocracy where they want us to do what we're told and and listen to what we're told and then if we got to be scared if we got they got to scare us every now and then to uh comply they'll do it oh yeah and we're starting to see kind of some of that you know public displays of force that they're using against the people who are you know speaking out against the narrative of the the lockdowns and the fear behind it 
where we have a couple articles that mention that. Yeah, right? I got the uh, Independent open right now, uh, uh, their UK edition, and they're talking about coronavirus vaccine. Laboratory calls for emergency censorship laws for anti-vax uh, vaxer content. So there, there it says the independent. Empl- oh, let's see. Let's go down to. I think I got a little. It says it has been clear for years that this is a widespread and growing problem, and the government knows because uh, Labor has been warning them for some time that it possesses a real threat to take uh, to take up the vaccine. This is literally a matter of life and death. And anyone who is <laughs> disputed from being vaccinated because of this is one person too many. So they're already pushing that narrative hard. Like we've seen, like, uh, and then like we could go to the next one. Uh, another uh, independent article uh, in the UK and it, and it reads out like this. Uh, if it loads up. I got that one. The pathologist one. Uh, the wristband one. Oh no, that's a good one too. Go for it. I don't have that one. Yeah, I'm trying to open it real quick. But basically, uh, it says people who test COVID negative should wear wristbands. Says government uh, nudge, nudge <laughs> unit. So they want to give wristbands to the people that have either had the virus or have tested negative for the virus, and they want to know where they're at and with you know these have tracking on it and kind of keep tabs on you because you can see that there has been a lot of um civil unrest out there people fighting back like we talked a lot about uh aaron walton there's a couple of people also that uh he's posted up to that back there are keeping their businesses open and trying to fight back and not let that happen now, it's nice to see it's also happening out here in uh, the united states as well where yep. uh, people are like i have to open and i understand because they got to do what they got to do yeah i mean we barely got through the lockdown and civil unrest and now they're like businesses were allowed to open partially for a real short period of time they they really held off from opening up during the summer period until right at the end towards fall so it was real short before they you know could bring down the lockdown hammer again and they're just devastating small businesses across the country it's uh it's disgusting it's quite frightening and sad at the same time because these are people's livelihoods you know like all regular yeah. people, like just like me and you, just trying to make a couple bucks and and get their family the food that they need. You know what I mean? And that's it. I mean, people like us, we just want to survive and like maybe get ahead a little. But in the end, we want to just be able to put food on the table and pay the bills. And it's incredible how they think like people won't resist this. I think more people need to wake up to it before it's too late, before the businesses are already gone. Like every business needs to like just open up and full like a full open up and just resist it a hundred percent. Otherwise, if some people are complying or like it's a percentage that is enough to kind of let the mainstream narrative continue, uh, it's it's going to be a continual slippery slope in the direction we're going, and it's not positive, man. No, not at all. And that's the thing that people don't realize is that it's not. That's why I, I focus on a lot on the. Uh other countries that this stuff is going on like the other article i have the nigeria cracks down on the nsars protesters alleging terrorism so uh people that don't know sars is like a police unit in nigeria and they're like notoriously brutal like they beat the shit out of like all their you know what i mean they're like they've been this is it finally went up on twitter even like it, it got trending number one in twitter and twitter put it back down 
authorities in Nigeria because they don't want the, the word to be out on that. And they're using these coronavirus measures to even try to be stricter with them as well. And that's why they're speaking out and trying to end it. So it's not just here. It's not just like, oh, we have a police state. It's a police world. It's like there's more to it than just the United States has a problem with it. Like this authoritarianism is is global. Oh, yeah. And it's just getting worse and worse all across the board. They're tightening their grip. Well, yeah, it's, it's, sadly, it seems like it's just getting started. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, things are things have been pretty chill up until now. It's like there's been a lot of little warning signs here and there, of like the gradual like creep of that authoritarianism from that, you know, the medical side of things with COVID and with censorship on top of that. Um, well, it's crazy because it's like they're – they're like censoring people who are speaking out against police brutality in Nigeria. But then it's kind of like they're working for that government rather than, you know, their users, the social media base. It's, it's, they don't understand. It's like they're, I don't know. They're bought out. It's all about the money. It's not about, you know, it's it's about going towards their way of what, a lot of it, too, is, like, I'm just doing my job. I'm just going to get my decent paycheck. I don't really care. I'm all right. Fuck it. If I got to do a couple things that are not, like, that are frowned upon. Like, you know what I mean? That's the same thing with, like, cops say out here to themselves. You know what I mean? Cops all over the world. They're like, ah, you know what I mean? If, it's not my fault. The guy wasn't listening. I had to fucking... And, and they don't always uh, humanize people. You know what I mean? And it's not just here. Not saying every cop. I know there's probably some that are really good that, like, uh, uh, wouldn't do that, but that mentality, the same thing with the military mentality, when you're putting somebody in a position to try to find terror or trying to find drug dealers or trying to find cartel or, or or you're going to find what you're looking for and you're going to create it because you're manifesting it because you're creating these situations. Cause if the CIA was bringing in drugs in the eighties and the nineties, creating, you know, the crack epidemic, and then they're going to just go and now start and spend more money on law enforcement on the thing they created to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a crisis and then response, and they usually are engineering the crisis, and they've had the response prepared. And that's what I like, too. Like, uh, this is, I think you sent me this article, top uh, pathologist claims coronavirus is the greatest hoax ever uh, perpetrated on on any unsuspecting public. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Do you want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I will. Um, Top pathologist Dr. Roger Hodgkins told government officials in Alberta during a Zoom conference call that the the current coronavirus crisis is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. Hodgkinson's comments were made during a discussion involving the Community and Public Services Committee, and the clip was subsequently uploaded to YouTube. Noting that he was also an expert in virology, Hodgkinson pointed out that his role as the CEO of a biotech company that manufactures COVID testing means I know a little bit about all this. Uh, That's a bit of sarcasm for people who might not have picked that up. There is utterly unfounded public hysteria driven by the media and politicians. It's outrageous. This is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. The doctor said that nothing can be done to stop the spread of the virus besides protecting older, more vulnerable people, and that the whole situation represents politics playing medicine, and that's a very dangerous game. Yeah, that 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 
that's pretty wild, man. And I think the propaganda is uh, going crazy too. That's why I posted this one. It's from the uh, all these articles I'm gonna post too. Like you know, I'll put them on my link tree on Wednesday. I kind of do a little article dump. But I picked this one from the Irish Post, but it's a propaganda that's been going through plenty of uh, all the channels. You know what I mean? Uh, it's dog owners are 78% more likely to catch COVID-19 study finds. And, and it's really crazy that they talk about that because, I mean, they started saying, like, it's if you walk your dog, you know, and, like, you know, they get the COVID on them, they bring it into your house, and you spread it like that. But it's just very interesting that they're, like, kind of coming after the dogs now. After, like, we saw, I think it was in the Danish, or was it in Danish that they killed all those mink, like 70 million, 17 million mink? Yeah, because of, uh, they... They thought there was a mutation where yeah. it jumped species, and they were afraid it kind of developed to be more lethal. But uh, it's kind of crazy, dude. It's like very uh, drastic steps to avoid the mutations, and you're seeing the mutations happen already. Like people are coming down, like they'll recover from COVID, go get retested, come back negative, get tested again, and then come up with another strain of COVID. So how how are these vaccines supposed to be guaranteed at all? If it, if this mutates so quickly like the flu. Well, the thing is that these, uh, you know, this vaccine is not live virus. Yeah. It's, go it's going to be uh, this. The way Was it have, mRNA? Yeah, mRNA. There you go. And it's supposed to adapt to our our, our uh, immune system and, and I guess attack COVID when it comes or like that's the <laughs> theory behind it kind of like it's not it's not your traditional uh, vaccine and I I think it's similar to the flu uh, the flu shot vaccine I don't know I have never got the flu shot vaccine I know plenty of people but I've never uh, I just never did because I never really needed it so I just don't get it I mean I know a few people that have and I don't either but I haven't really been sick for years and I know people who get sick all the time and I think there's some correlation between people who take flu vaccines and them being more susceptible to COVID yes I think that, I mean, especially because, like, uh, like, like I don't know. It's just really difficult to tell. Like, I've been trying to uh, see anybody that has taken the test or is about to take the test because I want them to ask uh, anybody that's going to take the PCR test uh, how many cycle, uh, what's the cycle threshold count. And uh, it would be interesting to know to see if they are and would it be able to be a better gauge of what's going on. And we could kind of know. And I think that some of it is that some of these doctors don't know because people are getting sick, obviously. Like, people are dying. Like, it's not like they're not. So maybe that we're overlooking something because this narrative is being pushed. So maybe if we overlooked those things, we need to go back and maybe there's things we could fix and and do it better. So, like, what's the point of overlooking everything and, and making all this push to hurry the vaccine if it's going to cause more damage? You know what I mean? That's what my thing is. You can't say they don't know for sure that they're going to cause more damage. And the reason it makes me fearful is because they're trying to silence people. They're trying to do whatever they can to um, change the message and not have an open discussion about it. Yeah, they want to control the narrative. And if you don't agree with it and you speak out against it, the, there can be some pretty serious consequences for certain people in certain countries now. Um, and it just goes to show, it's like, if it was so, like, 100% safe and tested, why would they need to censor people? And why would they need to actually, you know, have such an iron grip on the narrative? 
they just want to make sure people agree with them and take this rushed and experimental mRNA vaccine that who knows what the side effects will be for this. I shudder to think. Yeah, and they, and they don't really know because they, how can you know when you've only had a few months to test it on people? Like not even a few months, maybe a month and a half, maybe two yeah. months. And, and that, that I'm talking about after you have your final product because you may have been testing people, but that was testing people while you're still trying to figure out the formula. So, And people have tried to cure the common cold before, which this is similar to whether it's more deadly or not. It still has the same you know traits as the common cold and the flu. So... I think that it's just a, it's a recipe for disaster and not especially not giving people the proper education that they may need because you don't know everybody's body. Everybody's body is completely different. So I need to know what's in the vaccine, why I need to take it, uh, how important is it for me because maybe I'm more susceptible and I might need it. Maybe I don't need it because or what if that does something and triggers in my body that may not do to somebody else. That's what we need that. Uh, it needs transparency so we can make informed decisions. I agree, 100%. It's, um, go ahead. No, I was saying, and that's like the, like, it just seems like all the people that are at the top are like, you know, Henry Ford, health CEO, he says, if if ration and science aren't enough in COVID-19 fight, other steps may be needed. You know what I mean? They're trying mm-hmm. to, 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 to close people out. And I, that's why I still really believe, uh, I'm actually working on something on that. I think I might uh, release it on Friday. I'm going to probably do a, a, a live with uh, the can suicide assault. But I was looking into some stuff about uh, Cass Sunstein. I don't know if you guys know who he was the information czar under the uh, Obama administration. But he uh, okay. wrote this paper and he wrote a lot a book about it. And he talks about uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, I can't think of the word, but infiltrating conspiracy theories. Like he was talking about how like. Uh, getting on Facebook groups and getting into those conspiracy groups and, and taking them over and changing the narrative and shifting things to uh, be beneficial to us, uh, to the intelligent agencies. And he was well, heavy on propaganda as well. Yeah, and I think they've already been doing that to, be, to a certain degree. There's a lot of people in queue sure. that, that say that all the time, that there's people that, you know, have social media platforms that are very big into the queue thing, and there's... You know, they flip on it, and then all of the rest of them are like, wow, he was like a fucking, you know, a turncoat. Yeah, and, and it seems like there's a lot of that, and the whole truth. A lot of tension there right now. <laughs> yeah, and I think that they're trying to divide the truther world. They're trying to make they it are. to where people are discredited, and then they look like, oh, look, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's associated with this guy who was a piece of shit because he did this. Like, what I've yeah. been finding interesting right now uh, – a little bit off topic, but is with Alex Jones, right? So he distanced himself from Millie Weaver after she dropped Shadowgate. And Shadowgate, to me, was very important. And it was really weird to me that he separated himself, like, as if it was she did something bad. And, you know, she insinuated a little bit about, uh, you know, Stone being involved, which a little bit, they didn't focus on that, but, like, that kind of made him mad. And now with Alex is with, uh, uh, lined up with that, uh, what's his name? I got the paper right here, though. Um, because he's at the stop to steal, uh, Ali Akbar. He yeah, was, interesting you know, character, that guy. Yeah, and, and he was uh, a part of, like, the McCain uh, campaign. That, and then right. I saw a, a video uh, on of, on Thursday on Twitter, and it was just one of those behind-the-scenes, like, where so some people were in, like, you know, meeting up with Alex Jones, and they were trying to do some stuff. 
and they were talking about some doing a sit-in in there, and this guy, that guy was just like rabid. He was like, "Hey, man, man like, no, nah, we ain't doing." And then you could just see in his eyes, and I'm like, "Man, he's MK Ultra, like a motherfucker." Like he, yeah, man. And it just makes me think, like, well, has Alex Jones turned? Like, has he uh, kind of sold out, man? Cause it, I don't know, man. It just seems kind of very weird. Like, and it, who knows? It could be just part of his branding, and he's just. It could be just part of trying to make more money. I don't know, but it's just very interesting the the moves he's been making. I've been watching it and paying attention. That clip's very like kind of telling in a way, because Alex Jones doesn't say a word, almost a word in that clip. But you can see his body language. He's very like wary of this guy. But one thing that he said that really you know struck me in a not so positive way was when that the guy who was saying like we should do a sit-in of the the capitol building in georgia and then he's like oh we don't need white trash running this movement or whatever and i'm like mm, well you see that term there isn't really like indicative of you being a part of that movement or respecting the people that are in it exactly so That's i mean what, like, i've been called that myself too and i'm like i'm not i don't really make much of it i think it's just a cheap you know a cheap shot but just he's supposed to be on the same team as them is like there was a much more diplomatic way he could have resolved that but you oh, can kind of sure, he's a little sure. bit of a uh an agitator in a way yes he's a definitely agitator like a guy with that should not be trusted for sure like uh, i wouldn't have that guy on my team i'll be like man this guy's i don't want him on my team that I, he just he looks like a snake well, you said he's part of the McCain. Uh, yes. Was he part of the McCain staff or something? Um, the McCain, at least, uh, uh, staff, uh, uh, campaign staff. Okay. Not, not, not like. Uh, well, like, I mean, we all know, like, the difference between neocons and you know the Trump kind of populist Republicans. So, it's interesting that I feel like they're almost like that's a good example of the potential of those infiltrators, like they're saying into these movements. Yeah. Potentially there. It's something worth to keep an eye on, I think. And then, like, you know, to go, uh, I know I got off a little bit uh, right there, but, like, the Danish study finally came out, the whole mass thing. Uh, they did a, a controlled study. I, I'm sure you read it. If you guys haven't got a chance to read it, go into the link tree. Not only will you see all the articles we're talking about today, but I have other articles in there. I also got the Danish study on masks check it out read it for yourself and see what they said but basically they said they're ineffective uh on the most part and there's no there's no scientific proof which we already kind of knew because of a lot of the statistics that have been coming out showing that there's been no real change and actually more of an increase not saying the masks are causing more infections but it doesn't seem like it's stopping them whatsoever yeah it seems like it's just kind of a zero difference between you know not wearing a mask and wearing one it doesn't protect you and that there's we like you and I have both been saying it for a while, like especially at the beginning of the lockdown. Is there's like actual science? The surgical masks weren't designed to pre- prevent 100% of airborne particles. There's more, like it's in the description of the name, surgical masks. These are used to prevent spittle and droplets coming out of the surgeon's mouth into open wounds of a patient. Exactly. And, and, so I don't think it's gonna. I think I think that that we're just gonna still have this debate though because now. Everybody's starting to mandate. Because if you notice that anything that happens, especially with you guys, motherfucker, man, California, man, you guys kick it off, man. Like, once you. California. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to be I like. the curfews you guys got. They got curfews in uh, New Mexico. And now Pennsylvania is telling people they got to wear the mask in their home if they have anybody outside of their home come in. 
I mean, to be fair, like with what I do for work, I, I do deal with like various um, clients and stuff and I do go into their homes and sometimes they'll ask me to wear one or I'll just wear it if they're like older. But the fact of the matter of the state is, again, trying to regulate in inside of people's households. It, it yeah, well, that's be a red flag for everybody. Like you said, that's different, though. Like, if, if someone yeah. asks me out of respect, that's I have no problem. Like, if someone says and they feel they will feel more comfortable, that's my – I obviously have respect for them. Whether I agree with them or not, if that's going to make them feel better, I have no problem with doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for some – for the state to mandate for them to tell me is totally different. Yeah. I'm not – honestly, every time the government tells me to do something with this lockdown, I try and encourage and, you know, promote the opposite. Yeah, for sure, because uh, it seems like what they're doing, like, is uh, just trying to take control. And, and in Germany, it looks like, uh, they, they, you know, they feel like they did because there's a lot of outcry with that new law passed. It says uh, German parliament adopts amendments to law on protection against infections among, uh, amid COVID protests. They're uh, trying to, they call it like, uh, I forgot, the Enabling Act. That's the act that Hitler passed that uh gave pretty much all powers to him and they're feeling like this is like the enabling act because it's uh preventing them for having protest uh censorship like a motherfucker like uh you got you sent me that article i also seen the article and saw the video of the 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 german um a scientist i think um, he's a doc his title is, or his name is a uh, dr andreas nowak okay yeah okay doctor i'm not sure what field of you know, medicine he works in, and, but he's been doing like a lot of uh, stuff on YouTube, like counter narrative stuff to the COVID. And I think he was involved with the protests that were happening, you know, the day after they passed that act. Yeah. He and was live streaming it. He was live streaming the protest. while he was when he, yeah, the protests. And then when he was live streaming, I think the next day at his home, that's when they came and arrested him on li- like on his live stream, which is pretty uh, dystopian thing i've seen for a while yeah and again i'm gonna have all these clips and these articles in uh my link tree you know go into the kill the mockingbird instagram page and it'll be the link tree because you should see this because it's wild like they look like he's a terrorist or something like he literally look like is has nothing in his hands like it, it's shutting shit down because other people have been shut down and and like even in like uh uh especially in the uk too uk has been ramping up their uh, metropolitan police counter Counter-terror chief Neil Bassa calls for action on coronavirus anti-vaxxers. So he's calling them terrorists now. You know, they're, they're calling people terrorists. Uh, and that's why I think the whole Q movement was created. And that's why I believe it is a psyop. Because what they're using now is they're trying to group that into everybody. That's the new conspiracy theorist word. word Because they're putting anti-vaxxers. They talked about uh, John F. Uh, Robert Kennedy. And yeah. they're calling him an anti-vaxxer. First of all, he's not an anti-vaxxer. If you actually listen to what he has to say, he didn't even get into this fight. He was pushed into this fight because people, uh, you know, parents were trying to uh, get answers for stuff that happened with vaccines. So to know that, like, you, you really got to understand where he's coming from because what he's saying is something completely different, like, uh, than what they try to uh, put him in the box of because he's not telling people oh you shouldn't vaccinate he's saying we want more transparency and we want more regulations and we want more accountability from the vaccine makers and i think that's absolutely fair thing to be you know pushing for 
there there's laws and stuff passed, especially in this country. You know, you can't actually go after these vaccine makers if you get harmed by them. Exactly. Uh, they they got uh, uh, impunity. You know what I mean? They can do whatever they want. Like you said, and they're, not, they that's why they cut corners and make you go faster, and because they, they don't, they're not going to get the backlash. It's it's not going to hurt their bottom line, which is the only thing they care about. No, in fact, it's gonna. This whole thing is helping them. They're gonna make a killing off of this. I think there's like, uh, in that Pfizer uh, article that we were talking about, they're saying like they're gonna have to figure out how to distribute them because they're not gonna be able to make enough uh, doses of the vaccine to distribute them across the world. I think um, all at once. So you have to figure out what parts of the population. That's why they have their like their phases and their breakdown of it. For sure, and also one of the interesting things to note is that it's not really Pfizer. Uh, Pfizer is just basically like distributing the vaccine, but the actual creator of the vaccine is BioNTech. They're mm. uh, look into them a little bit. Um, I think people they have some very interesting. I'll, I'll try to post some videos of them pretty soon of their um, commercials. They do a cancer medi- medicines they've done, and but they they're really testing a lot of that are like manipulating the RNA and making certain medicines that adapt to people. So it's kind of like. Uh, that whole DARPA nanotech, you know, kind of theories of trying to create something that uh, is for each person, you know, like everybody's different. So the medicine has to be able to adapt, but that's a scary thing for enough medicine to adapt and evolve inside of you. Who's to say that the, this vaccine isn't, you know, a dose of nanobots, bro. <laughs> I mean, the, like you're saying, the manufacturer's name is bio yeah, I mean, it's in the name right there. That, and especially with the whole Great Reset thing, Klaus Schwab is all about the transhumanism and, you know, the fourth industrial revolution pushing forward to uh, pushing forward, uh, you know, this whole agenda with the vaccine along with uh, this communist new world uh, yep. dystopia with the digital currency, vaccine passports, you name it. Surveillance it's all being rolled yeah. out at once. Just go read 1984, Brave New World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was an instruction manual and not just a novel. Uh, I do not work in home health. <laughs> no, I do not. But, like, even it's happening here now. Dr. Fauci is saying uh, vaccine skeptics pose a serious threat to public health. And that's, like... The same thing we're hearing. He says, despite a quarter million deaths, despite more than 1.1 million infections, despite 150,000 new infections a day, they don't believe it's real. That is a real problem, Dr. Fauci. So he's he. they're trying to lay it on, like I said, thick. And it's just so weird because you he's such a flip-flopper. Well, he's not a flip-flopper. What he is is he'll say whatever you want to hear. Whoever, if we interviewed him right now and we were like, man, this shit's bullshit, he'd be like, yup, it's fucking bullshit. Like, he just says whatever you want to hear and he goes along with it and he does what he's told. And that's why he's a, been a bureaucrat for 40 years under so many different presidents because somebody that questions things and doesn't do as he's told would definitely have been fired. <laughs> Absolutely. He's uh, very much a pawn of that, uh, the deep state narrative and the. Uh... There's reasons why people have these long careers at these high positions because, you know, they're bought and uh, owned completely. Yeah, 100% they are. And they're, they're, the, the censorship also goes, I, I couldn't find the article. I also, oh, here we go. I think this is, I'm not sure if it's the same one, but 
Yeah, it's a different one. The doctor in uh, UK, Dr. Mike Yeldon, he was uh, YouTube removed, removes lockdown uh, skeptic interview with renowned uh, immutologist Dr. Mike Yeldon for violating terms of service. So people always tell me all the time, like, why don't I hear um, other scientists and doctors speaking up? Why don't I hear anybody saying um, other ways to uh, fight this besides masks and vaccines? I'm like, there is people, but they're being censored. They're being now arrested. They're being uh, uh, pretty much silenced so that, that you only hear one narrative, and that's the only narrative that people think is right. So you hear fear and do this and everything will be okay. Without any skeptics, they don't want anybody trying to stand in the way and, and have their piece of what could really be going on here. Absolutely. And um, one pattern I've really seen with this is like, you'll see like the people that actually speak out against the narrative are kind of private practice doctors that have been in the game for a long time that on the other end of it, if you're like just out of medical school and you're working in a, you know, a big hospital, if you speak out against the the main narrative of COVID, you're going to lose that job and you're not going to be able to pay your, your medical uh, student debts. So that's why you don't see a whole lot of doctors, especially younger doctors and medical like staffing that uh, they're not going to speak out because they're not willing to risk their livelihood for it, unfortunately. And that and they may not want to risk their livelihood because they don't have tons of evidence. Maybe they think that they may have like some speculation and some hearsay, oh, yeah. so they don't want to like. I wouldn't want to risk my job either because I don't want to like. You know what I mean? Like to risk my job on something I don't have concrete proof of. So maybe they think some things are weird and you know out of place, but they just kind of go whatever. I'm just trying. To, and then after a while, when you're overwhelmed or if there's a lot going on, you're not going to be focusing on that. You're going to be focusing on trying to take care of the patients. You know what I mean? And doing what's best for them at that moment. But yeah, definitely. There's there's a lot of fear of people not being even the ones that finally do find proof. They're they're you know threatened with lawsuits, threatened with uh, you know uh, losing your job and never working you know in the industry. Like big pharma, yeah. you know, they're all, it's all connected. Like they all you, if they don't want a doctor to uh, prescribe shit, trust me, they they can get shut down really quick. You know what I mean? They can do what they got to do to make sure your life's miserable. So I kind of understand. And shouts out to all the people that are standing up, that are, like, speaking out. And I think there will be more in America pretty soon. I think people have, like, thought it would blow over. I thought they – I think they were like, you know what, whatever. It's not going to yeah. – you know, and nobody knew the effect of the economy like that. Like, some people that aren't, uh, you know, econo uh, economists aren't going to be – you know, if you're a doctor, you're like, ah, I think maybe we should be fine. Or maybe they thought the government was going to supplement. But that's the problem in general is because – like uh, Ron Paul and them always say, like the Federal Reserve likes uh, the biggest counterfeit scheme of all times. You know what I mean? Like they just think right. that they could keep printing money. And that's what people don't understand is their mindset is give us more money, but they keep the wealth. We have the paper money. They have the actual wealth, the uh, uh, accumulation of properties and ownership of things while we just have money that can be worth nothing. Because go to Venezuela, it's really easy to become a millionaire over there. Can't do nothing with it, but... <laughs> Yeah, and there's a lot of um, kind of stuff floating around I've been seeing through various, you know, internet sites and stuff where uh, there's a lot of worry about the, you know, inflation with the U.S. dollar and it potentially crashing, especially with, uh, you know, a very stringent second lockdown and shutting down of our economy. It's uh, scary and uh, it's it's sad because economics is not really taught in um, U.S. education 
you know, outside of university, college level, on a like a, a real, you know, in-depth level. And I think it should be because people need to understand how this all works and how, I mean, I guess it's intentionally complicated and really hard to understand for a reason. So it, you know, well, the thing is, that be, is, be, uh, is control of they don't want us to learn how to make money, see, or, or make wealth. Yeah. The, what, what the problem is, is that we're only taught to how to make money. And to make money, you work for somebody that gives you a paycheck and you do what you're told. Maybe you grow in the company and you get to the top. Then there's the entrepreneurs that are like, well, you can do it. But, you know, that's why when people start a business or do anything that's out of the box, people are always like, I don't know, man, you better have a backup plan. You better have this because they're, they know that it's difficult. But the problem is, is that those people are actually trying to find wealth. They're getting ownership. They're buying up land and later they could sell. They're buying up property, real estate, all that to make more money. You see it's not scary. Maybe, maybe man should grow more balls. <laughs> that was good. I mean, to be fair, that that's a, a fair statement. I think uh, there's a lot of people that are, you know, buying into the fear that the media is pushing down our throats in a big way. If, but where, whether it's you know, COVID or you know the anti-Trump media yeah. stance or whatever, it's like there's so many people that are buying into the fear-mongering side of things, rather than like. Being able to kind of make their own decision off of various information sources and come to a reasonable conclusion of how they can, you know, get through life like this rather than living in fear. Yeah, and I do. Well, also what happens, too, though, is that um, not that people get scared like that, that they fear they get scared easily. But when you hear something constant, that's what I tell people all the time. Turn off your TV, man. Like if you if you if it's. Pushing you to the edge of where things are changing how you normally would act, uh, then turn the TV off, man. You probably shouldn't be watching news. I watch a lot of news, but I also go and do other stuff. I unplug, go hang out with family, go hang out with friends, go, you know what I mean? Go do other things, come to the studio unwind sometimes, uh, you do my thing, and and you got to just do other things. Like, I mean, I'm dived in this shit 24-7 because, like, I always <laughs> want to, but... I still take time to go and play like me. I like earlier. I went to my brother's place some video games, watch some movies. You know what I mean? Uh, watch some football, go just chill out. Like later tonight, I'll watch the game later tonight. It's it. There's a lot to do and there's a lot to be ha thankful for too. I, I also think that, man, I hope everybody is planning on like doing a Thanksgiving with your family and Christmas with your family. I think that's important. I think that's what we need most of all is being around your loved ones, people that you care about, not even just on a sense of protection, but just on a sense of like, man, this is, this is us, man. Like that's what America is. You know, we thrive, uh, in hardships, you know what I mean? We get through it and we don't live on our knees. You know what I mean? We, we, we're, we plan to die on our feet, whether it's a hundred years or it's one month, you know what I mean? Regardless, we're, that's how we got to live. It's not trying to be cavalier. It's not trying to be uh, thinking that I'm like tough shit or anything, but it's just like, I don't know. Tomorrow's not promised. So I want to spend as much time with my family and loved ones as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's important too, because imagine like a lot of people, especially like, you know, if your families are kind of distant from each other, I imagine you probably haven't seen your family members since before COVID for a good majority of people. And you never know like how crazy things could get 
like we don't like it seems like a long time ago, but back in March and April when there was runs on the grocery stores and there's hardly any meat or like there was a lot of missing items there. Like that was kind of about as far crazy we went this year, I think, as a society. But it could get a lot worse. And there's been some rumors floating around about like a big uh, DDoS cyber attack that's going to affect uh, the power grid and social media coming up. Yeah, another Klaus. So, was his name Klaus? Klaus. Oh, uh, Klaus Schwab. Yeah, he was uh, uh, boasting Dude, I, about that earlier this year. That guy's just, uh, he looks like a fucking evil villain, man. He looks like. Yeah, he looks like Dr. Evil almost. Yeah. All white guy. Like, yeah, you're like, I, I don't trust. Like, if I just seen him, I'd be like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, don't trust that guy. Uh, pretty much you can't trust any of these people that are in these big, like, globalist economic forum groups. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, that's why I keep telling people. I was like, why would we want these elites telling us how to live when they have no idea how we live? They don't know what it's like to have a paycheck. They don't know what it's like to, like, be like, damn, I need $100 extra to pay my rent, my mortgage. I need extra dollars. Like, for whatever reason, uh, my kid broke their arm. I need some more extra money. You know what I mean? Uh, Because uh, I don't have enough for the copay. I got into an accident in my car. I don't have enough (laughs) to put the money down. It's... That's a lot that we have to deal with that they don't understand. And for them to try to push us into this great reset, not I, we're going to get into a great reset, but I want us to be in control of it. And I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to yeah, be the ones absolutely. that stop complying and, and, and put the new emphasis on what we could do. Uh, Cor- Kadruta uh, wants us to elaborate on the cyber attack stuff. Man, um, I wish I could. There's a lot of kind of we speculation. Got like minute, we got like a minute twenty three left. Then my bad, not to. <laughs> we can, we can. I'll, uh, I'll do some digging on it, and we go into it next week. Yeah, my bad. We only get these hours, you know. They like it cuts you off and ruins a lot of shit. So, it, it, right when we get deep into the conversation, it usually that's when it's like starts. They should let it that's go. That's tough with the work. IG format. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely jump on that next week, and uh. I'll be, uh, I might be on uh, sometime this week with, uh, I'm trying to get an interview with Jorge Ventura. Uh, I'm going to okay. be getting uh, an interview with uh, They Can't Suicide Us All. And then I got a couple other ones trying to line them up. And then, you know, we'll be here every Sunday, either Sunday uh, early afternoon or Sunday evening, depending on, you know, we got to worry about Wi-Fi and all that bullshit. Yep, yep, yep. And if you're looking for the Great Reset, just uh, hop on uh, next week or just go onto my page, look up our link tree. Uh, you can follow Sebastian. I'll have his uh, info up there. And uh, like we say, uh, wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. They're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about anything we drop because we're going to get tested on it. If, we, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth the Reporter, with Sean Chris. It's a batch of far.